Good morning and welcome to Front Row Center, the Montana Public Radio weekly arts interview. I'm Michael Marsalek. Joining me in our Missoula studios today is George Everett. George is the executive director of Main Street Uptown Butte. The organization puts on all sorts of activities and coordinates uh, many different things happening in Butte, Montana. George is also the festival director for the Montana Folk Festival, now 11th season of a festival on the site, uh, three years of the national and now the Montana Folk Festival for many years as well. And we're going to be spending most of our time talking about that. But why don't you give me just a, first of all, happy Father's Day. Well, thank you, Michael. Back at you. Thank you very much. And second of all, why don't you give us a brief update of all the wonderful things that happened in the summer in Butte? Oh, we're, uh, you know, a lot of our efforts are planning the Montana Folk Festival, but we also uh, manage the Butte Farmers Market, which is pales in comparison to many around the state, but it's still a pretty healthy size of about 50 to 60 vendors uh, every Saturday. So uh, that's something we do, and uh, uh, we have something called the Big Bang coming up, which is a it's a celebration in conjunction with the major fireworks that take place on the Big M there that are uh, they go off and in Chester Steel Park we we organize some entertainment and in, in, uh, and people bring their chairs and picnics and uh, watch the fireworks in the and evening. that's the third of July that's in the third of July yeah. yeah oh that's right in Butte it's a little different because. I'm not really sure how that started, but uh, they just, well, the parade is so big that I think they wanted to have the parade to itself on that, on the 4th. So they do the fireworks on the night before. Right. And there's other festivals, Henri Ra and other things that happen in the summer and in Butte as well. It's a little bit lonelier in the festival city, we say, because we lost, we didn't lose, but uh, postponed uh, Evil Knievel Days this year and the original festival, which happens in September and uh, hopefully will return next year. But yeah, we still have the Montana Irish Festival in August and uh, uh, other events that are happening. The the original is just the original Mine Yard in Butte is just packed with events. People love it. If it's not a, a festival or an event, it's a, a wedding taking place. It, it's become a very popular place for people to get married. Well, and that's a spot where we will be camping out once again as well. Montana Public Radio plans to broadcast this year 14 hours from the Montana Folk Festival main stage at the original site. And we'll get to that in just a minute. Um, you've obviously been been in production plans and are in the thick of things right now as we're recording this late in June. And um, uh, festival is coming up, of course, July 13th, 14th, and 15th. First question I have to ask is this is not what I think a lot of people think of as a folk music festival at all. It's a different uh, concept of festival. And maybe can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. If you if you look at some other events like the uh, Seattle Folk or Edmonton Folk, uh, they, these people have that same impression that it's folk music like uh, 1960s Peter, Paul, and Mary or Bob Dylan, Joan Baez. It is, it's, what that means is music of the people, traditional music that goes back generations, and the genres are pretty similar. Um, as, as with this festival, uh, bluegrass, blues, Cajun, Zydeco, uh, the, the genres stay the same, but we try to uh, have the performers be different to represent those genres every year. But it's it's not it's not a songwriter with a guitar. In fact, we don't really encourage songwriters to even apply. It's it's performers that really are steeped in the traditions of this music and represent it. Uh, sometimes been handed down through their families. Right, and this is also uh, a festival that is an offshoot of again having the National Folk Festival, which was in Butte, um, 08, uh, 09, and 10. Um, and one of the things that the folks that put that on, which is the National Council for Traditional Arts, uh, they're part of this um, very long 
effort to help foster and promote all of these different kinds of traditional music, right? 1930, I think it's 1934 was when they started the NCTA. And that's why we try to remain faithful to that program, which is the the effort is to have a festival take place that allows people to have like a one-on-one experience with this these music uh, genres that they might not, other, not otherwise be exposed to. And so it's... Uh, uh, they take place. These it's a family of festivals that take place throughout the country, but we're the only one that's west of the Mississippi. So. And it certainly has been something that's been a huge undertaking and a wonderful um, uh, addition to to Butte, Montana, um, in the eleven years now. I mean, uh, hundreds of thousands of people come every summer to the festival, and it's something that you know, you've really seen grow. And um, I think it's a testament to the to the Butte population, but also to the people from all over the Northwest that come to Butte every summer. I got to say, we get a lot of help from outside of Butte. Uh, it's located in Butte, and so Butte benefits tremendously from it being there. But we have volunteers who come from Missoula and Bozeman and Great Falls and Helena, uh, Dillon, elsewhere, who just come to pitch in. They're, they're not just there to participate. We have attendees from all over the region, but these people come and they actually help put it together. And we're, uh, we're grateful for it. That's why we call it the Montana Folk Festival, although a lot of people still call it the Butte Folk Festival. So. Right, right. Yeah. And didn't you tell me you did a license plate check and had people from every state in the union in past years? We have done that where we, we took a look at license plates. You know, it's kind of, you know, there's a factor there of who rents cars. True. So you see a lot of rental cars. But uh, you get people at one year we when we checked, we had every county in Montana represented in the parking lots for the festival, and which is great. We do want people to go. I think that was after the last time there was a radio broadcast, uh, people heard it and came to Butte to see it in person the following year, which uh, we hope that is a repeat this year after the broadcast last year. We were happy to be back last year broadcasting and have uh, plans again, as I mentioned, to come. And I will mention now that we also, starting on Monday, June 18th, and the following Monday as well, we're going to have a Montana Folk Festival special with uh, four hours of highlights interviews and music from the main stage from last summer's festival to give you a taste of the kinds of things that happen. George, let's talk a little bit more about the detail of this coming year. Um, The bands may or may not be well known, I think, to people, but the thing that I've been amazed with year after year after year is if it's a blues band or a bluegrass band or a Celtic band, uh, it's it certainly is one of the top notch um, up and coming ensembles or a group that's uh, in the case of the Irish group often from Ireland or a Zydeco group from Louisiana. Um, you got a couple that you're especially excited about coming this year? Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, for one Heron Valley, which is a Scottish traditional band. This is their first U.S. tour, and they're going to start it in Montana. So that'll be fun. I hope they do well and. And they, they have a good time, but they, they are a pretty energetic group. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, all the others, uh, I am, I'm always surprised by the, the groups. And they're not the headliners that we uh, people might expect. But when they hear them, they will be, I think they'll be impressed and uh, they'll be amazed. It's a common occurrence, I think, that I've heard as well to hear somebody say, gosh, I didn't even know I liked Zydeco music, or I I wasn't sure about this blues artist, but wow, they're great. And uh, it's something that's just, I think, fun about a festival like this. Um, You have six stages, is that right? Six stages. uh, Three will be starting out Friday night. Uh, The main stage, the original, uh, Copper, uh, Seacast Copper, and then also the Dance Pavilion. But uh, then Saturday and Sunday, 
uh, six stages running continuously with live music uh, performances from noon till 10.30 or so at night. Right. And Montana Saturday. Public Radio will be broadcasting Friday evening from 7 to 11 p.m. From Saturday, this would be uh, Friday the 13th of July and Saturday the 14th of July from noon to 5 p.m. And again, from 6 to 11 p.m., we're going to have interviews and live coverage. Uh, I'll be hosting along with Nick Spitzer, who joined us last year as well, who's the host of American Roots on Montana Public Radio and on public radio stations around the country. Um, just on the stage in the broadcast that we'll be carrying, we have Michael Winograd, who's the wonderful klezmer band, uh, Wiley in the Wild West, who many Montana folks know, Annika Chambers, great blues artist, uh, Shadowgrass Bluegrass, a young up-and-coming bluegrass group. There's an Iber the Iberia Georgian Choir, Frank Vignola Jazz Guitar, the Treme Brass Band, Fairfield Four, an a cappella gospel group, uh, Mamadou Kelly Band from Mali, Linda Gale Lewis, the Rockabilly uh, artist will be here, and uh, Trubu Bahu is a Colombian dance music band, uh, all just on, on the main stage, and there's another at least a dozen or so other mm -hmm. bands and activities on all the other stages as well. Yeah, we haven't had a diva, a blues diva, since 2008 when we had Shamika Copeland, uh, the daughter of Johnny Copeland, I believe, and uh, uh, we have Annika Cumming to fill that role again, and, and she, I hope she can belt it out like Shamika did, but I'm pretty sure she can handle it, yeah. Well, and the other thing that I think people don't realize is that you really have set up a wonderful festival that not only are the these six stages going, you know, from the dance pavilion to main stage settings, but you have um, demonstrations, you have a Montana connection, you have artists and um um, not only just demonstrations, but, but opportunities to, to meet the artists and craftspersons and things like that. Can you talk about some of the yeah. other things that happen? Yeah, we have two arts markets. Uh, a native, uh, our first people market is native artists from throughout the region. And this year they're having a mentor, uh, a mentor relationship where they're bringing uh, young students, art students from tribes, reservations throughout the, uh, throughout the region. And they will be in the booths with the more established artists in the First People's Market. We have 22 of those. We have other artists coming from throughout Montana. Uh, they'll be there in the other market, which is the Montana Traditions Arts Market. But we also have the Montana Folklife Area, where we'll have demonstrators. Our theme this year is about gems and minerals. It's uh, Digging Montana's Buried Beauty is the theme for the... We have a theme for the Folklife Area and the Family Area, and that's interpreted by demonstrators who come and they uh, there are people there who can answer questions about various rocks that you might find in Montana or tell you where you can go find them and show some of the things that they do. Um, there's a wonderful sculptor in Talc who is uh, from Sheridan who's going to be showing not only his work, which is amazing, but also demonstrating how he, how he works with Talc. So uh, sapphires, uh, um, agates, all sorts of gems and minerals will be on display as well as uh, how they're, they're worked with by Montanans and in and, and the folklife area, as well as the family area. There'll be lots of things for kids to do that are related to gems and minerals as well. Well, obviously, this is quite the undertaking for, for Butte, for all the uh, participants, uh, but it is a free admission festival, and uh, that's part of the tradition of this festival as well, right? We didn't mention that, did we? we it's didn't. free. It's free of, free of admission to all performances, all areas of the festival. Yes, absolutely free of charge. If you went to see any of these groups performing, and some of them are performing in the region before and after the festival, you'd pay 20 to $40 to be able to 
go into the venue to see them. And we don't charge anything. We do ask for people to help out with the many bills that are associated with it, but it's totally voluntary. Right. So people, uh, you pass buckets around and that actually, uh, people are very generous, it seems, to yes. support the yes. festival that way. You also have a GoFundMe page available, right? Right. It's uh, GoFundMe.com 2018MFF. And that allows people to, if they want, to uh, make a contribution to the GoFundMe campaign. To We're trying to raise uh, about 50000 through individual contributions there. And that augments uh, the sponsorships, the many sponsorships that we have that where corporations and uh, others have uh, kicked in to, to help they get exposure on the site, but they also are helping us to pay the many bills. Well, and there are many, many people obviously involved with the, not only just the crew of people from everyone from the stage design and all the folks putting things together, but you have an army of volunteers on the site during the festival. And how does that work if somebody wants to get involved? Well, we try to keep about 900 volunteers who have expressed interest in helping to do a, like a four-hour shift. Uh, and we are still looking for people to help, though, and they can go to MontanaFolkFestival.com, and up on the bar on the right, uh, if you click on that, there you'll see volunteer as a, an area. You go there, there's an online database. You can sign up right there online, or you can print out a form and mail that to us. Or if you want, you can just call if you want to have questions. But that area of the website has a description of different volunteer uh, tasks that we need help with. And you can kind of pick and choose what you would like to do and, and say, I want to do this or I want to do that. Uh, but they can call uh, 406-565-2249 and I will steer them in the right direction for the team leader who's uh, handling that area of the festival. I've been talking with George Everett today. George is the executive director of Main Street Uptown Butte and the director of the Montana Folk Festival. It'll be coming up July 13th through the 15th. The full schedule is up now with all sorts of details at the website. Go to montanafolkfestival.com. They're on Facebook as well at MT Folk Fest. Montana Public Radio will be broadcasting live as well on both Friday night, the 13th, and July 14th as well this year. We're excited. We'll have more information and interviews and more at our website as well. Well, and I also wanted to mention that you have an opportunity to hear some highlights from last year's festival coming up on the next two Monday nights as the Monday night special starts at 8 o'clock here on Montana Public Radio. George Everett, thank you very much. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it.